0: Hey, hello and welcome to Reviews from the Crawl Space Episode 62 Right?
1: Yeah, maybe yep. Sure, okay, yep. Was yep. Episode 62 62, correct
0: um, Twitter Rftcs1 uh, Instagrams Just Reviews from the Crawl Space is one solid block We're there and I post back Post, not only there's old Episodes that you can catch up on, on our back catalog But as where I post the, the current episode With uh, the covers of the album, so you can see what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. If you care at all, which, whatever. You do you. Uh, so, thanks for listening. Um, what do you got for us today? Oh, I guess I am Douglas, and you are? I'm Vicky. Oh, hey, Vicky. So, what do you got for us today?
1: Okay, so, today's albums are Pink Floyd Animals, Klaatu, 347 Eastern Standard Time, mm-hmm. or EST. EST, yeah. Uh, an album by a band called The Hobbits, Down to Middle Earth. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I guarantee you, with the, the Hobbits one, that we definitely won't come across, especially with the title Down to Middle Earth, we won't come across any other references in pop culture to any sort of The Hobbits or, oh, no. or Middle Earth at all. There's, there's definitely nothing else, no. nothing related to that no. outside of this music.
1: And these guys are freaking mystery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, let's get started. Yeah,
0: let's get cracking. Let's get into it right
1: now. All right. Pink Floyd Animals. Pink Floyd were an English rock band formed in London in 1965, known for the extended competitions, compositions, mm-hmm. sonic experimentation, philosophical lyrics, and elaborate live shows. I'm
0: sure they had internal competitions, is a question about that.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, they did, especially on this album. Um yeah, they just about broke up.
0: Yeah, I think that's every album.
1: They became leaders in the progressive rock genre, or as we call it, prog rock. Prog rock. Animals is their 10th studio album released in 1977. Mm-hmm. It re- received positive reviews and was commercially successful, reaching number two on the U.K. charts and number three in the U.S. It was both a prog rock album and a concept album, Focusing on the social political conditions in Britain in the mid 70s. Well,
0: two things for that, sorry, is that those political shit that he's singing about hasn't changed one fucking bit. And oh, it's God, all, no. All applicable to today. Yeah, yeah. And I want you, right, while we're reading this, or just when you finished up here, actually give the con. I know we usually wait till later on to give context for this album, but I think that it's important that we kind of mention it early on because I think that really. It's very different than the two albums on each side of it. So I just wanted okay. to me- I just wanted to mention that. Sorry, continue your roll.
1: Um, it was also loosely based on. Got to turn the page. Yeah. George Orwell's Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. In 2015, Rolling Stone magazine put this album at number 13 on their 50 best progressive albums of all time. Mm-hmm. It went four times platinum in the U.S., which is four million. Uh gold in the U.K. Uh, which is 100,000, 2 times platinum in Canada, 200,000, which it's it's had to have sold much more. And it was that. like
0: 4 million in like I was looking through that list as well and it's just like they should have just written sold a fuck ton because when it's yeah. all added up together we're talking tens of millions of copies of yeah. of this album.
1: It's, yeah, this is one of those weird times when like i always make a comment about how it's like we've sold x amount of albums worldwide yeah but they don't mention that they just talk about this album yeah um so i'll put the producers were pink floyd yeah uh so for context because you're asking for it early Mm -hmm. um the album before this was wish you were here in 1975 Mm -hmm. and the after album was the wall in
0: 1979. ah so wild
1: The track listing on this album, um, side one, Pigs on the Wing, part one. Dogs. uh, This is the only song on the album that's written by David Gilmore, and some say it's some of his best work. Uh, Side two, Pigs, three different ones. Sheep and Pigs on the Wing, part two. The playtime on this album is 41 minutes and 40 seconds.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have this in the notes somewhere. I'm going to throw that down just because you're talking about writing credits is that it's the first one that uh, Richard Wright didn't. Uh, Wright didn't have any credits.
1: Yeah, the band was kind of squabbling. Yeah, and actually, he left this. after. Yeah, he went. He, I think, he left the band for two years. Yeah, and then came back. Yeah. After this album, um, because things were just so crazy. I mean, I've got this little story here that I kind of wrote down that okay. talks about. Well, you we
0: might as well do, yeah do that and into the information. Yes, go ahead.
1: Then it talks about the tour. And apparently they played Soldier's Field in Chicago and promoters claimed that they sold it out at 67,000 fans. Mm -hmm. But the band was suspicious of it and they hired a helicopter, a photographer, and an attorney and discovered that they had actually sold um, 95,000 tickets. Holy shit. Which meant that it was a shortfall for the band for $640,000. Yeah,
0: that's like massive fraud.
1: And um, it talked about how some of the...
0: No wonder they getting cynical.
1: Yeah, exactly. Some of the band members experienced depression after this tour for this album because they played to such large, large audiences all over the world. I mean, yeah, it would just be so energy-sucking.
0: Yeah, and depending would think, and what I mentioned, too. Well, he said it directly led to the wall, the writing of the wall from this tour. Mm. So I just imagine everybody, like, I just goes into the wall to find out why, what was going on with them to yeah, some degree.
1: I think at one point uh, Roger Waters actually spit on somebody in the crowd.
0: I thought it was a Montreal show, I think.
1: Yeah, very possibly. Yeah, he have
0: had enough because people were just like, why are you fucking playing this stuff? Play something else. And... Yeah,
1: so it's, um. I guess I guess it goes to show you that you can become too famous.
0: Oh, for sure, Yeah. <laughs> And just kind of like break down. I couldn't, I honestly couldn't imagine.
1: So, do we need to talk about the actual album itself, music wise?
0: For sure. I kind of have a bunch of stuff just throwing in together. Uh, music wise, like for me, you said this was between uh, Wish You Were Here, which is the first, I think the first one I actually bought. I fucking love Wish You Were Here. Um, that one, and then The Wall. Like, these are two staples. I didn't have, we don't have Wish You Were Here on vinyl, I don't think. Hmm. But we definitely have The Wall. Yeah, which was a huge. Like I listened to that a million times, as and a kid. we've actually
1: seen the wall in concert with just Roger which Waters behind you. But yeah,
0: Waters. Yeah, but it was
1: still <clears> this <throat> stage extravaganza, and oh my god!
0: So it's just, it's kind of interesting that this album is in between because it's like you said, it's loosely loosely based on Orwell's Animal Farm. And, you know, the socioeconomic problems going on. And actually, some of the stuff for Roger Waters and his relationship at the time.
1: Yeah. Apparently, he was in love with the... uh,
0: Manager's wife. Wife
1: of the manager of...
0: One of the other bands.
1: Grateful Dead. Yeah. The The, Grateful Dead.
0: So, but you have... If you listen to the album, though, it's like a lot of the music is... Because there's a lot of um, acoustic guitar and there's a lot of kind of... It's almost... The music's very kind of almost upbeat, but when you listen to the actual lyrics and content, it's very dark and angry and just kind of fucking pissed off.
1: Well, and it, the mm-hmm. the song "Dogs," it was written by David Gilmore. I yeah. think it's like twelve minutes and Se- something. Seventeen. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's like one of two songs on side one, and
0: um, yeah, seventeen minutes long. Yeah,
1: it's a really good mix of li- of vocals, music. It's
0: it's just it's like everything that we love. Yeah, it's a prog rock concept album that we just fucking. I, I just yeah. can't get enough of. And yeah. This is a this is an album for me that makes me want to learn guitar just so I can sit around and play this fucking album just on the acoustic guitar, like you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's just it's one of those, and it sounds so fucking good too. It was mixed so well. It is another one of those albums <clears throat> that I is. <sighs> We, we talk we, we talk about a lot of the different albums from different, you know, 80s, 70s, and 80s. And it, it always amazes me that the 80s music on the album that we listen to sounds so fucking shitty compared to some of these albums. Like, this album here is from, what, 77. 70, 77? It yeah. sounds fucking great. <clears throat> it, it's just, it, it's amazing to me that how there seemed to be a de-evolution in, in the sound quality in the 80s before it started trying to pick it back up again.
1: Well, then I wonder if it had to do with... Um producers and engineers. I wonder I think, if that just became...
0: I think digital was kind of creeping into shit.
1: ...the way things started to become in the 80s.
0: Uh, a, a little bit. For sure, the sounds changed. I think digital had a, a part in it, because early digital was really kind of shitty and hollow.
1: I yeah, mean, was, true, true. It's
0: different now, but back then, I mean, I think that's what it was. It just sounded flat.
1: Well, and these guys were always in charge of their shit.
0: Oh, they were very much... In, so,
1: it... Every yep. album, um, and from what we know about John or John Waters,
0: what we know about <laughs>
1: Roger Waters is that he is very meticulous, a uh, perfectionist, he knows what he wants, and he yeah. gets what he wants. Yeah, it's just like he's definitely... As far as albums are concerned.
0: Definitely, and he definitely shows it on this one. And besides, we should do a podcast on John Waters, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> movies you should see that you have not seen.
1: Uh, yeah, because he's got a few.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, just looking through my notes here because I have, I have a bunch of them. So I just gonna go with the uh, the cover and talk about that a little bit here. I know I kind of do that later, but uh, the, this is an iconic cover. This one, man, this makes my this makes me all warm and fuzzy all as, over the place. As as
1: most as most of their album covers are.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. But some, there's something about this one with okay, you know, the cover shows an inflatable pig floating between two chimney chimney stacks of the defunct uh, Battersea. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. Got a, little, got a little foamy going on there, because we're drinking kombucha as we talk, and it's just... Uh...
1: And you're all excited.
0: <laughs> yes, that's definitely has so- something to do with it, I guess. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> it shows the, the pig between the two um, stacks at the Battersea Power Plant. Well, was it. And for those who don't know, it was a coal plant, which I think was like almost fucking downtown London. It was like a mega coal plant. In the, yeah. oh and Roger Waters used to drive by it every day. It's very iconic i still think it's there they turned it into fucking uh, condos i think Jesus. could you imagine like, where do you live in an old coal let's plant let's just
1: scrape all the old coal <laughs> dust off these walls
0: where do you live uh, and of course i'm sorry i'm gonna throw it out it's it's such an Im- impact on pop culture that i honestly right away it makes me want to go watch children of men just yeah because they would be able to recreate that scene or that that cover a yeah, little bit. yeah It's just yeah. like oh i love it so much yeah um <clears throat>
1: which children of men by the way if you haven't seen it
0: <laughs> Once again yeah there we go and that's not a, a vinyl that's uh, a movie that's a movie yeah yeah starring Clive Owen uh, sorry I'm just gonna say uh, we've talked about the uh, lyrics and concept uh, I love the guitar you know what I think I got it all we got it all right there everything mm. that I had written down so cool cool yeah yeah this is uh, good stuff so I guess it's for me now
1: yes go do your Animals.
0: Mo uh, Pink Floyd Columbia Records catalog JC 34474 uh original as a variation two, but it's original. It's a gatefold and a cardboard sleeve, which is just like fucking the worst. Uh Canada 77. And I hate this. This is something that happened with CDs as well. It's a cardboard sleeve on a fucking physical medium. Every time you gotta put it in there or take it out, it's just like I fucking hate that shit. Even with CDs, like the second you put a, a, a CD in and out of a, a cardboard sleeve, it's scratched. Yeah, like, like fuck off with this cardboard shit. Plain paper, but I like the design on it, so whatever. Um, the condition, the cover, I have porish to okay, and only poorish in the sense that it is very worn out, and the corners, and the spine are kind of beat in, but the, like the gatefold and everything, it's, it's solid. Uh, so that's why that's yeah, not coming apart at no all, it's really? not coming apart and that's why I gave it the like in between that yeah it's just
1: been rubbed the wrong way
0: the vinyl is in poor condition we actually had a bit of an issue with this one um it's definitely been used a lot uh, I, I washed it and it was still popping and hissing all over the place and it was a real bummer uh and because of that I we didn't, didn't had... have
1: any skips though did we
0: there was a skip yeah okay yeah. so
1: side yeah
0: yeah yeah I mean, other than, if it wasn't for those things, the audio, like we just talked about before, the audio mix was great. I uh, I honestly thought, like I said, I just can't believe that these albums are older and sound better. Um, <clears throat> so design, this, this, there's a lot here. It's going to take me a little bit, so I'll try and condense this down. So design overall, this, for this, the design, Roger Waters. Um, the design of the inflatable pig is by ERG Amsterdam. And then I, I did thought I had seen the actual names of the artists, but then I couldn't find it again, uh, who actually built the pig.
1: Oh, I hate it when that happens. Uh,
0: graphics by Nick Mason. Uh, photos by Aubrey Powell, Colin Jones, Howard Bart Bartrop, uh, Nick Tucker, Peter Christopherson, uh, Bob Brimson, Bob Ellis, Aubrey Powell, and Storm Thurg- Thorgerson. Um, so pretty much like everybody from hypnosis again yeah, yeah, plus some yeah. other guys but i could have just said hypnosis but i want to give these these are how the credits are broken down in yeah, the vinyl so. Yeah. so i'll so roger waters uh, 10 visual credits to his name all of it's pink floyd or his solo stuff the wall and for then actually the thing that you were just mentioning his own solo, the wall that he also did so he came up with this whole concept and he only has 10 credits and it's all all his stuff which is
1: he, he's definitely a <clears> musical <throat> force to be reckoned with
0: yes yeah he definitely uh he has an idea and a vision and he just kind of goes with it uh, okay so e r. g. Amsterdam who created the pig uh only has three credits to its name on uh discogs um and uh, it's a pink two so two pink Floyds is uh animals and then the pink Floyd discography box set and there was another name Ra- rashid bahari um, sounds right. it sounds yeah and it seems familiar it but, does it does. So, uh, Nick Mason, the drummer for the band, uh, his credits are Relics, Animals, and Pulse. Uh, he does some of the graphics, like a lettering or whatever. So, then, like I said, I'm just going to go kind of group uh, Pete, Aubrey, and Storm together because it's Hypnosis. Good friends of the show. You guys know these guys.
1: Yeah. They are uh, on
0: here a lot. Yeah, Wings, Zeppelin, Floyd. Yeah, you, you like, <laughs> this is a great example of why <laughs> Iconic shit. like, yeah. Anyways, you guys, if you don't know them, please go look because you should know them because they, yeah, they have a lot to do with pop culture. Even now. Fucking like 40, 50 years after the fact.
1: Yeah, even though they're all in their 70s. Yeah, if they're alive. Yeah, if they're alive.
0: Uh, Colin, photographer with seven credits to his name. uh, Mostly for The Who and a couple for Pink Floyd. Uh, Howard, a British photog with eight credits to his name. Golden Earring, 10cc, and Hydra. Nick... This is his only credit. There's nothing else. So it must have just been like some dude with a camera at the time was hanging out. And um, I'm gonna say well before before I finish up here, there's still two more names. I want you want to complain a complain a little bit about the inside photos. There's some of them are really cool, but honestly, any asshole with a camera can take those photos. I normally like to give these guys huge amounts of credit, but there's that would be shit. I would throw like I would throw out some of those photos because it's like yeah. Sorry, I hate to... <laughs> It'd be interesting to I see hate what, to complain. what they had to choose from. Yes, yeah, for sure. Uh, so Bob, uh, British photog, an artist, uh, started out as an assistant at Hypnosis. He has 26 credits to his name, uh, Alan Parsons, Richard Wright, and The Cult. And Rob uh, has been on the show before with Jay Giles and Led Zeppelin. Has 175 credits to his name, Eric Clapton, Bob Marley, Wings. Wings is all over the place. And back to you. That's it for me.
1: Okay, now for the discog. Uh,
0: yeah, lots going on here.
1: Uh, they have twenty eight al- uh, twenty eight copies of this album for sale, from ten dollars and five cents. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if I got the stats for all three hundred. It says three thousand and forty nine people have it. Yeah. Six hundred and seventy six want, which seems kind of high. That's probably all for overall.
0: Yeah, it yeah, probably is overall all the cool. different versions.
1: Yeah. Um, it's rated 4.47 out of 5, with 366 people voting. The resale value for this album is $11.39, $24.55, or $30.82 in its best condition.
0: Yeah, unfortunately we're not getting the the top end for this one.
1: Oh shit, no. we will be lucky to get the bottom.
0: (laughs) The bottom, yeah, this one...
1: Because of the album and the Yeah, I was going
0: to say, the the actual vinyl is in terrible condition, Yeah. yeah usage. Okay, so what are you giving her?
1: I give it five out of five. Yeah, of course, five, yeah. And I say it's a must own.
0: Yeah, must own must listen. Yeah. Yeah, even if you don't have the buy go listen to it on Spotify. It's a whole it's a whole album. There's no there's no singles or something. Just listen to the whole thing. I mean you're talking songs that are seventeen minutes, twelve minutes, like just go listen to it. Yeah, must own. Cool. Floyd down.
1: Alrighty. Second album up is Clatu. 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 Uh, three forty seven EST. Clatu was a Canadian band formed in nineteen seventy three. They named themselves after the alien that visited Earth in the film, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Mm-hmm. In fact, the name of this album, three minutes and forty seven, uh, whatever EST. No,
0: it's three o'clock. Three forty seven
1: EST. Um, what was actually the time that the alien in the movie came to Earth yeah. in the movie? Yeah. Um, internationally, the group style had led to them being known as the Canadian Beatles. They are actually
0: marketed as fucking Canadian Beatles. That's bonkers yeah. to me, which is like totally wrong.
1: I totally agree <laughs> because they don't. Yeah. Um, 347 EST was their first album it was released in 1967 or 1976 <laughs> in north america it was released in september and by december the sales were so bad that um they had stalled and <laughs> then some journalist named steve smith from a newspaper called the providence journal printed this article um That said that the album could have actually been released by the, secretly by the reunited Beatles under a pseudonym. So Steve Smith cited several factors as to why he thought well, yeah. that this album was the Beatles. Uh, number one was that it was released on Capitol Records. Mm-hmm. Number two... That there were no artist or producer credits listed on the album. Yeah, there's nothing on there. And they didn't list any until their fourth album. Yeah, yeah
0: it was a long way down the road. Yeah.
1: Um, number three was that the band's vocal style and musical creativity was single t- was similar to the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, number four is that Ringo Starr's 1974 album *Goodnight Vienna* featured cover art with Starr appearing. In place of the character Klaatu from the movie, mm-hmm. The Day the Earth and Still. Number five was that the, build, the album had as a whole a Beatlesque sound. And then the rumor just turned into this global phenomenon. Yeah. And Song Sub Rosa Subway and Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Crafts, then after this article came out, became minor hits. And of course, the album started selling. Yeah because everyone in the world now wanted to hear it. Um, Calling Occupants was also covered by The Carpenters.
0: Yes. yeah, I, I, And they I'm went really on, covered. like
1: it was a big hit for them. Yeah, for sure. So finally, a program director from WWDC uh, radio station in Washington checked the records at the U.S. Copyright Office and uncovered the band's true identity. <laughs> so their little Beatle fiasco. In the meantime, the band was in the recording studio recording the next album, vaguely aware of what was going on around them.
0: (laughs) They had no idea really, I mean, back in the day, right? And they
1: just just let it go to their advantage. Why wouldn't you? Uh, They did five albums in the end when all was said and done. Hmm. Uh, 347 EST went to number 40 in Canada and 32 in the U.S.
0: Uh, That's pretty good.
1: Uh, the producers were Two, who in fact turned out to be a guy named John Woloshek, another guy named D Long, and a guy named Terry Draper. Um, they started out just the first two, John and Dee started out, mm-hmm. and then once they recorded a couple of demos, they decided they needed a drummer, so they brought on Terry Draper. The track listing for this album is uh, Side One, Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Crafts. Why couldn't they have just called it Calling Occupants? Uh, song two, California Jam, Anus of Uranus, Sub Rosa Subway, side two, True Life Hero, Dr. Marvello, Sir Bodsworth, Rugglesby the mm-hmm. Third, which sounds like something someone would uh, call their cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and Capitalite. the last song on the album is Little Neutrino. Mm-hmm. The runtime on this album is 41 minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, as I mentioned before, there were two singles. Sub Rosa Subway and Calling Occupants, um, and just a little interesting note that the album ends with a mouse squeak, mm-hmm. and the next album called Hope starts with a mouse squeak. So Ooh, they had their little threads. yeah, they had their little <laughs> gadgets going.
0: Yeah, gotta gotta have some linking. Well, there's a mouse. There's a couple of mice on here too, right? So on the it's, cover,
1: yeah so the context of this album is is that this was their first one so um after was an album called hope released in 1977
0: Hmm. i don't think there's any more in the collection so this will probably be it um oh yeah so what do you you got what do you got
1: i think uh, this one's kind of mad for me oh that's that's
0: funny huh I didn't think it was too bad. I had a problem. The first side was much stronger than the second oh, side. The first side definitely. was actually pretty good. Yeah. My issue, I have two songs that I don't like on there. It was the Wigglesby one or whatever it was called?
1: It sounds like they called in the Muppets.
0: Wigglesby. Yeah, it was, not, it was a Muppet. like got fucking shitty Muppets. <laughs> Sorry, I was singing and I just said shitty Muppets. It reminds me, because they were singing this with the Beatles, and I always just kept thinking the other day when I was talking about the shitty Beatles. That's what I kept thinking for these guys, the Beatles. <laughs> but it's, it's not. And this whole, I'm sorry, I got to talk about this whole thing about them sounding like the Beatles is fucking horseshit. shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> when this album got released that I remember hearing that rumor. And it has,
0: well, it's like, it has elements of British pop. Of course, stuff that they, the, the Beatles were massively influential, but to say they sounded like the Canadian Beatles was so weird. There's so many other bands they sound like. yeah. They're not English. They don't have an English accent. And... I want to know
1: if somebody paid that guy to write that article.
0: Yeah, well, whatever. It worked. That's some great viral yeah, marketing. Yeah, definitely, because
1: it was yeah. it was pooping out.
0: So it was early viral marketing, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so it was sure. that song and uh, I thought True Life Hero, which is the first so- song on the second side. I thought it was stupid, too. It was like a kid's song. Yeah, it, it was, was all about a lifeguard. I mean, it's not, I mean, for sure, Lifeguard's saving his life or whatever, but it's just the way it was done, just like the Oscar the Grouch song or whatever, just was like, ah, fuck, really? Well, and
1: these guys wrote all their own music.
0: There's some good songs, and I like the way it closes out with uh, Little Little Neutrino. That's a pretty good way of closing it out, some trippy shit. Um, But this is all, I, I... yeah, I'm a little bit more than Matt. Because there's some decent stuff there, especially that first side's pretty good. A couple of hits. Uh, the baseline from "anus" from "Uranus" is great. Yeah, I love that baseline. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like a heavy, just like boom.
1: yeah, it's. Um, I guess because I, I was around when all of the hubbub mm-hmm. was about them, I just kind of think they're disingenuous in some way. But I that should have nothing to do with
0: the music. No, to me that's more marketing. But at the same time, yeah, the the music's all right. There's some they have some there's some good parts in there, some good chops. But yeah, especially like I said, the second side, I'm with you on that one. It's mostly just like yeah, gotta gotta fill out the album, I guess.
1: Yeah, and these guys never, they never toured for any of their albums, and they never um, made any public appearances. Apparently.
0: Yeah, well, so this is the weird thing, and, and yeah, it's a good thing you brought that out because they never a tour to support it. But my parents saw them in, in, at a show, so they they had to have played, but they had to have played like one offs and shit, and not actually we're gonna go out on a two month tour to support this album. It's just like well, oh, obviously
1: it's... they just played in a clubs. Yeah, we right? just played
0: a bar in Toronto or a bar in Edmonton or something like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah and that's just it. These guys are from Toronto. They're yeah. there are no no relations to the Beatles.
0: Nope. Um, so I just had a mostly mostly good but weird prog, psychedelic, light rock album. Like, it's just, it's not it's not proggy enough to be a full proggy album. It's not psychedelic enough to be a psychedelic album. It's just like, it's pop rock with a, a British twang to it.
1: Yeah. I don't even think it has a British twang.
0: No, some of those, some of them, especially the, uh, the planetary, calling all... There's some elements. I there's some elements of like Beatles-esque sound. Oh yeah, like mostly like mostly piano, piano. Yeah, piano some, yeah, some of that stuff. But mostly it's just like British light, British rock light. That's to me what it feels like. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that, that's that's it for me. So I guess I'm gonna do the rest of this shit here. So uh, the other thing too is that it was also just called Clat Two in the U.S. Oh, it, wasn't, it wasn't wasn't called Three Forty Forty Seven EST. It was just called Clat Two. It was self-titled there. But here it's 347.
1: Well no, that's even when I went to the discogs I thought it was just a self-titled album no. and then I saw this 347 EST and I was like yeah, cause it doesn't Wait say it, a second. It doesn't
0: say that on the cover anywhere on the album that it's called that. It's just Clatu. Interesting. So. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, Klaatu, Daffodil Records, catalog 921610054. This is an original pressing, not the, not the very first issue, which would have been great, but no. This is an original pressing, Canada 76. Um, it's similar to the very first pressing, the similar center label as a first issue. However, the artist name is displayed on the front cover. And the song titles are listed on the back. When the very first pressing they did, the limited run, there was nothing at all. No song titles, no band name, nothing well, on the like, fucking I, album. I, I said that, yeah, yeah, there was nothing like that nothing until the fourth album. Until after was, they'd
1: been discovered.
0: That was, yeah, that was the credits for the writing. And they actually, yeah, after a certain point, then they started including even the credit information. But, yeah, this is kind of like an in-between one where they didn't include that credit information. So, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting marketing. um condition it's very good um the cover and the sleeve they're both very good condition the sleeve again is cardboard so fuck you whoever did that because it's the original one the vinyl's good Uh, there's a tiny bit of scuffing but there was no scratches and it sounded good when we were listening to it yeah uh full sounding mix with some bass and it was all it was all right cover art by uh artist named ted jones Ted, Ted is a Canadian, or was a Canadian artist, world-renowned for his oil paintings. Uh, looking for one specifically, if you guys are wondering, was a painting called Leaving Paris.
1: That's uh, what that that is called?
0: Not, is not, not this one oh, here. Oh, that's no, one, of no, ones, no, okay. one of his famous ones. No, one of his famous ones is okay, Leaving gotcha. Paris. And, and if you actually, if you look through them, some of them definitely seem, like, familiar there. I've seen them before. Oh, huh, interesting. Um, he has 11 visual credits to his name, and all of them are Klaatu. Uh, Or Terry Draper, who was the drummer for the band, I believe. So that's 100% of his work was all just Klaatu shit. Um, And that's it for me. There was nothing on here. Because like I said, I had to go find it. I think it was all music. I had to find that. It wasn't listed anywhere to uh, find the artist information for that. And even then, I had to go do a search... And I had to find an article from his obitu- obituary to find out any information about from
1: whose obituary? Ted
0: Jones, the art, the oil painting artist, oh gotcha, okay. artist. Yeah, I had yeah. to like do this whole like other thing to find yeah. any information about yeah. It.
1: Every once in a while, we have to go a real convoluted route. <clears> oh yeah, find totally. Anything out,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: You know, you do Facebook, Facebook searches if you have to.
0: Oh, I never, I, I, and I avoid that because I never find any useful information on the Facebook. Well, no, usually it's articles. Not that you
1: do, but that's some of the yes. stuff that I found out about the next band. Yeah. Was a Facebook page that came. That out.
0: or uh, some weird obscure sites about uh, typography or. uh yeah. It's just,
1: or just some magazine, thing, yeah. some music magazine that wrote an article about them. Yeah, like back 20 in the years ago. Yeah,
0: 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, for sure. I, and like I said, that's it for me. so...
1: Okay. Discogs has one for sale: thirty three dollars 25 have it, 40 want it. It gets 4.67 out of 5. With three people uh, rating it. The resale value, $25, $25.90, and ninety cents, and twenty six eighty. Okay. So not too much of a...
0: No, no, there isn't much of a spread there. But yeah, I would definitely be getting that for for that album. What'd you give it? 2.5.
1: Huh,
0: I gave it a 3. I, had, I was going to give it a 3.5, but just like reviewing, you know, the actual songs or what I like there, it's like, no. Nah, but it's not bad, we've heard worse.
1: Well, and for me, I would never listen to this album again. So... <sighs>
0: I I like Anus from Uranus.
1: Did you put it on the rock list?
0: But it's not on Spotify, and that's why I'd have to. If if anybody wanted to listen to this, we'd have to go back to this album, because it's not on Spotify.
1: True, okay.
0: There's nowhere else to get it, other than right here. So that's, yes, maybe? If we're on a day where we're just sitting there, spitting singles off of albums and shit. Probably. But there's no if 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 we could get it on Spotify, probably not. Because then I would just add the two, one or two songs that I like to, to yep, the list. Yeah, to That's the it. list. Yeah. We can't do that. So uh, Plateau down. And last, and least.
1: This one was a real tough one to uh, do. It's called The Hobbits. The band's called The Hobbits. The Hobbits. And the album is called Down to Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know what you get automatically when you put the. Um, Hobbits into a search engine.
0: Yeah, it's just not what we're looking for. So
1: in the end, I found some information on all music. And it was just a bunch of convoluted. Yep. So it started. Okay, the Hobbits were a rock band, a folk rock band. And they started because this guy named Jimmy Curtis mm-hmm. from Queens, New York. He was a singer, and he became a little bit famous because he sang doo-wop, so some record company tried to turn him into a solo artist in the vein of Paul Anka or Bobby V, Okay. but he failed to make any impact, <laughs> so he ended up quitting music and went to pursue an advertising career. Um, he resurfaced again in 1967 with a major hit in Germany, and... He was signed to Decca Records and the Hobbits were born.
0: Okay.
1: It was just a mishmash of people. Some one was a songwriter, you know, one did something else. And um so that's where they had the, the Hobbits came from. He just kind of the record company just gathered, just gathered some him and uh, you know, together. other pieces. Yep. So they actually did this album, uh, Down to Middle Earth. It was released in 1967 and it was straightforward sunshine pop hmm. like that's basically what it was the record didn't sell well and after a second release called men and doors the hobbits communicate decca canceled his contract yeah so they only ever did two albums neither one of them were no any kind of
0: well, i understand why
1: exception um as for a producer couldn't find anything yeah
0: Yeah, there wasn't much, even for me, there wasn't much to find about this album, so... And yeah,
1: like I said, I went to AllMusic and just kind of found that somebody had written a little bio. Okay. And, uh, you know, it just took a little couple of minutes to kind of wade through to find out what had happened. So the track listing on this album is... Side one is Down to Middle Earth. Uh, I'm Just a Young Man. Daffodil Days, Breakaway, and Treats. Side two is Hands and Knees. And Let me run my fingers through your mind Out of my mind Clap hands till daddy comes home And sunny day girl
0: Yeah um, This is just trash It's fucking garbage I mean Some of it I don't fucking mind Because it's just It's kind of generic That's why it wasn't successful Because this shit was already on the way out by yeah. the time this came out. And they're just trying to put out another one of these safe, safe British Britpop fucking, you know, oh my girl. Like, fuck all that shit. It was, it's, it's tedious. And actually the one hit that was supposed to be off here is Daffodil Days, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. That's a fucking worst song. Yeah. Not, not 100% the worst song. One of the worst songs is either, uh, it's probably Clap, Clap Hands Till Daddy Comes Home. I don't know what fucking sick shit is going on in, in this world, but I don't want to know. And, uh yeah, what? Are you, what are, how about you?
1: Yeah, I didn't enjoy this album at all.
0: No, it doesn't serve any purpose. It's not even good psychedelic poppy brick shit from that time. It's,
1: no, and it's given... tired
0: and, like, it just feels like they're trying to put it out there so they can tr- try and make some money and they don't really give a fuck about it.
1: Yeah, and given how we found that it came about, this band even came about. Which makes sense. It's just like... Yeah. Somebody was bored and needed something to do. Kind of
0: trying to cash in on something, yeah.
1: And it just, like this poor guy's career, just nothing worked out for him. So, other than that one song in Germany.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And even if you put his name into a search engine, you really don't. His name was Jimmy Curtis. Yeah. And if you put it, his name into the search engine, you barely get anything back. Oh, yeah. There was and like I said, there really is a Facebook page on there. Oh, there, um, first of all, I don't have a Facebook account, yeah. so um, I just got some of the stuff, and it kept asking me if I wanted <laughs> to start a page, no. and I was just like, oh, fuck, I can't be bothered.
0: Yeah, for sure, and that's kind of the similar experience to trying to find out anything about this album. It's just like doing little searches, but uh, yeah, Down to Middle Earth, The Hobbits, <clears throat> Decca Decca Records, catalog, DL. Seven four nine two zero. This is original. It's also hole punched twice. Actually, uh, it's a U- <laughs> U.S. nineteen sixty seven. Twice for good measure. Yeah, no kidding. Get rid of it. It's uh, the Gloversville pressing. It's listed as uh, Gloversville pressing. It just refers to a Decca Records plant, a pressing plant in, in Gloversville, New York. It's now closed, but uh, it's a specific one that came the out of there. It's broke them. Yeah. <laughs> no, they've done. They've done other stuff. No, I know. I think reality broke them. Uh, Condition, it's hole punched, faded, and poor. Uh, Sleeve inside is the one I original one that came with it. It's okay for the most part, and it's kind of funny looking through the music that's on here. They're advertised. It's just all creepy old white shit. Oh my god! It just it just sends chills down my spine looking at some of that music. Um, Wilma Burgess bill phillips oh kingston tree i guess but whatever oh, wow some weird shit on there
1: so deca obviously was at one time the bargain basement record
0: yeah i guess company. because they're also and they're also the ones who did all the moody blue stuff so uh, yeah oh. I, I agree there it was like an all encompassing one
1: maybe in the u.s
0: yeah um i said uh, there was no credits for this cover other than Decca Records, so just that's it. Decca Records. So that's I don't know nothing else about this <laughs> cover.
1: They Maybe could... somebody they brought in to be part of the band.
0: Yeah, there's. I mean, there's clearly a painting on here, so it must have been I don't know just shit they had laying around in their file already, and they're like, ah, just slap it on here. I no information whatsoever. Just put a
1: picture of a Hobbit on there.
0: Said so, which I said which is fine because this album is boring. Um, a couple of songs straight up suck. Yeah. So anyways, I'm I'm done. That's all. Like seriously, that's all the information I have, and most of it was about the pressing plant.
1: Well, and um, obviously this this band had a little bit of a cult following because there's uh, one for sale on on Discogs for forty seven dollars and seventy cents. Mm-hmm. Eighteen people have it. Seventeen want it. It gets a four point three three with fifth, with out of five. Ugh. with Three people voting. You be okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little kombucha.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't agree. Those people.
1: No, me bullshit, neither.
0: Bullshit. If, if I wanted to... There's a million better bands out there doing this exact same music, so...
1: Well, and the fact that they only put out two albums says a lot, too.
0: And um, neither of them And the be fact
1: good. that he couldn't... Yeah. Get his career... So what are you giving okay. it? One.
0: Yeah, I have a two down, but I'm probably going to give it one as well because just on review... Once again, just like the other album, just reviewing it again, it's like, oh, no. Because it's not... Well, we're listening to it. I've those known two or three songs that I mentioned. The rest of it's like... It's okay. It's not horrible it's just there to it's not because they wanted to make this great music it's just there to pump out an album and
1: yeah yeah by the sounds of it to like give one more kick at the camera yeah, of more, letting yeah. this guy be famous yeah that's
0: enough you're not gonna be a famous guy no nope. yeah I'm with you on, on the one huh? but uh okay so Hobbits down All Right, anything down to Middle Earth down to Middle Earth okay so anything like the ad before we go
1: I don't think so Okay, Hopefully then. the next three are funner.
0: We'll see. Okay, thank you for listening. We appreciate it.